You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. Welcome once again to another exciting episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Benjamin Hall, here with my co-host, Dan Schiefel. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining again. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, just all the support, as always. And, and yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for, for joining us again. And we got another great one. We're, we're very excited yes, about we this one. We have uh, my high school swimming coach, mentor, and teacher at Derry Area High School. Welcome to the show, Jeff Kelly. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. I was really excited when I got your uh, text saying, you know, hey, come on down, let's do this thing. Sure. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm I'm about trying to make things better. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think, uh, well, I know whenever I texted, you know, it, it, we talk about making things better. I wanted some intel on Ben whenever he was in, you know, just the, I, I wanted the scoop uh, <laughs> on, you know, his, his uh, high school swimming career. And, you know, we talk about dreaming loud, but uh, I just wanted the scoop. So, so what was, what scoop was, was <laughs> he was a swim nerd. That's a great way to say it. And that's, you know, like some people, oh, nerd, that's a bad thing. No, that's, that's good, a though. great thing. Yeah. Well, just anytime to be immersed across, in it. Yeah, sure. Anybody, yeah. anybody that wants to be a nerd in something sure. um, and, and they delve in and, and they just suck up as much as they can. And, totally. And, you know, Ben was one of those guys where um, first time that we talked about him swimming in high school, I don't know whether you remember, Ben, but we were actually in a funeral home. Wow. And you came up and I said, think I do remember I'm Ben Hall. I'm going to swim for I, you. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, <laughs> that's weird. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to go swim in the fountain outside <laughs> or like, like, what's going on here? You know? And oh, wow. um, so long ago. And, and, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but right then and there, I knew, oh, okay, this sure. is great. This is a kid who is coming to me saying, I'm going to swim. Right. And although he says, for you, it doesn't matter who the coach is. When you have that desire, sure, then you know that there's something behind it and something good's going to come of it. Mm-hmm. And you can insert swimming into anything, oh, swimming you know, or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, I, I guess kind of what got you into it? What made you, you know, go to, to Jeff and say, you know, yeah, I, re- I really want to do this. I really want to. Well, in a funeral, home, no less. Well, I can't remember. But still, yeah. So, what made you want to do it? So sports wise, swimming for me, I felt like was the first sport that was something that I discovered on my own that I really loved and wanted to do. Okay. Because everything before that, even though I liked playing baseball yeah. and I liked volleyball, I was introduced to that from my dad. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel like I completely owned it. But for swimming, yeah, I just kind of found, hey, this is something I'm naturally talented at. And I really love this. Sure. And so I kind of started delving into that. And so that was middle school. Yeah. So soon after that going into high school, I just wanted to make a good impression, I guess. And I was so excited to be, uh, on the high school team in a competitive way. Yeah. And I guess just to kind of provide, uh, you know, some more backstory, uh, we had your dad on, uh, Bucky on episode 38, uh, and that was, and he was part of the dairy area volleyball program, uh, for anyone who might, might've listened episode 38 for 38 years. Oh yeah. Just a, just a powerhouse program. Uh, and the same can be said for the swimming program. And Jeff, you've been, uh, you've been part (laughs) of the the swimming program for more than 30 years, 33, 34. I have been coaching for 30 years. I just finished my 25th season at Derry, um, 
And I feel really, really great at saying that I am the winningest swim coach at Derry. Yeah. But within the same breath, I also have to tell you that I am the losingest. Oh, no. Most oh. coach in Derry because I've been it. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's been it. You know, I tell the, the Aqua Club kids, they dug up, you know, getting ready and, and my bones <laughs> were down in the bottom of the pit and they got hit with some water and I sure. came back to life and they're like, okay, this guy's got to be the swim Looks coach. Looks like he's the coach, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So. What was it? Um, what got you into it? What got you into swimming? What made you want to, you know, what made you want to really say, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what I want to do. You really want to know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Her name is Katie Leland. Okay. Um, you may remember the baseball coach, Jim Leland. Oh yeah. That was with the pirates yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, the Detroit Tigers and sure. I, I don't remember. Florida Marlins won right, the world right, series. Yeah, right, right, right. Won the world series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Jim's wife, Katie is uh-huh. a Latrobian. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I used to go as a little kid to the Elks okay. and swim. Um, and Katie was a diver and she was beautiful on the board. Yeah, yeah. Not only a, a beautiful person. Sure, sure. Um, a pretty girl. Um, but she just, she was amazing on the board. So, hmm. you know, I was just hanging out at the pool, swimming, and um, always watching her. Yeah. Well, they would play tag. Okay. And so one day I asked if I could play or they asked me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I kept catching everybody. And they're like, hey, man, you're pretty fast. You should join our our swim club. Sure, sure. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, here I am 10, 11 years old or whatever I was. And I'm right. thinking, oh, swim club. It's just like, you know, I get to come here and pow around with these guys. Yeah. And <laughs> it was competitive swimming. Yeah. I and, didn't sign up for this. <laughs> and so it was like, well, you know, like what, asking questions about it. What do you do? And they're like, well, you know, we swim at the outdoor pool in Latrobe and, you know, we compete. And I'm like, well, I don't know whether I can really beat anybody. And, and Katie was very fast. Yeah. And so it was Katie and I want to say maybe Danny Moffa that hmm. raced me and I beat them both. Yeah. Now, whether they let me or whether I actually beat them, I don't know. Yeah. They but that's what join, really right? got me started yeah. was, it was like, wow, you know, this is something that maybe I am good at. Sure, sure. I played football. I played little league baseball. Um, you know, every sport. I tried wrestling. I was terrible at yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I looked at the, my weight classes and every weight class for anybody that knows Latrobe Wrestling Right. Every weight class I would have been in, there was a stas. Yeah. Which mm. meant that I was going to either eat a lot of mat yeah. or I was going to look at a lot of lights. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. I just tapped out right then and there. And I, I started swimming. Um, you know, my mother, uh, bless her, she cannot swim a stroke. But when I was three years old, Mountain View Inn, which has since been torn down, it's a sore spot, but <laughs> they had a, yeah. a big outdoor pool and she would take me for swim lessons. I couldn't even stand in the three feet. Just to be supportive. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but she started me swimming when I was little because she knew how important it was to be able to swim yeah. sure. because she couldn't swim. Yeah. So really from that point on, and, and there's all kinds of stories, you know, three years old climbing up a high dive, which looked like it was like three stories in yeah, the right, air of course. And, and jumping off because I, you know, I didn't have any brains, sure, sure. but, but the competitive part really started with, you know, the O'Connors up at, uh, up at the Latrobe Elks. Mm-hmm. And, and mm. like I said, I think it was Danny Moffa uh, racing me yeah. and yeah. saying, you know, come on, man, you got to join our team. Yeah. Just really kind there, of was yeah. Latrobe in the summer. It was the Greensburg Y in the winter, uh, until I reached high school and, uh, 
from there, it just took off and four years of high school swimming, two years sure. at Penn State Altoona. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. never going back to the pool. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, graduated with a degree in business and decided I wanted to go back and be a teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I needed a night job oh, to geez. get through school. Yeah, yeah. Greensburg Y had a position open for a swim coach slash aquatic director, yeah. assistant, huh. assistant aquatic director. And that's when I got my, you know, my feet. Yeah. Back feet, into it. What? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess. So that's what got me back into it. Um, cool. Did yeah. You ever, I'm okay. curious. Did you ever think that you would coach? Oh, heavens no. That was my next question. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. 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 No, when I was, when I was at Penn State Altoona, it was only a club team. It wasn't um, a real, which I don't want to say it's not a real team because we, we worked. I guess intramural. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's a step up from intramurals, okay. but it wasn't recognized or sanctioned sure. by club would work, yeah. you know, yeah, anything. Club works. So um, we had a sponsor as far as a faculty sponsor goes, but uh, Fredina said, you know, look, bottom line here is I don't know anything about competitive swimming and I'm not coaching. Yeah. And so she looked at me and she said, you write it up. Yeah. You do the workouts. And this was at Penn State Altoona. This was at Penn State Altoona. Okay. So I would go in every day and I would put a workout on the board yeah. and we just followed those workouts. Huh. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just mimicking, yeah. you know, Tom Grote and, and uh, he was my first coach over at Latrobe and, and Shirley Bankovich, who is now Shirley Bell. Uh, she's a, a PIA official. Um, but I just mimicked what they did with us yeah. in practice. And it worked out really, really well for us. We were like the bad news bears of swimming when yeah, we right. got to Penn State for the, the meet. Um, we looked like the biggest misfits. Yeah. Um, and I walked up to the head coach and I said, hey, Jack, do you remember me? I walked up here and talked to you about walking onto your team and you yeah. told me you didn't have any room for anybody my size. And I said, well, I didn't give up on that yet. Then you pushed him in the pool. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he says, oh, I'm really sorry. He says, I meet a lot of people. He says, you know, yeah, it right. doesn't ring a bell. I said, well, you had two freshmen come in at 6'5 and 6'6 as backstrokers. And I told you I did backstroke and I was 5'7. And yeah. you, you said, you know, I, you're welcome to walk on, but I can't do anything right, to get right. you to main campus and yada, yada, yada. Long story short, I ended up at Penn State Altoona. And one of the guys that swam for us at Penn State Altoona broke their record at that meet. Okay. It didn't take Jack long to find me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, I do remember you. How yeah. do I get that kid yeah. on my team? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, but that's where the coaching started. It was yeah. out of a necessity at mm-hmm. Penn State Altoona. And then, you know, I, I took it from there and, and got the job at the Greensburg Y. And um, that's when I really, really knew that, yes, I'm doing the right thing by going right. back in. My true calling is to be a teacher. And been doing it ever since, whether it be in the pool, whether yeah. it be on the soccer field, because I coached soccer for a little while, uh, mm. off and on, uh, working with rec league programs, whatever sure. it is. Uh, you know, I, I love being in the classroom, but mm. I, I love working with, with students and, and trying to get them to realize that there's so much more than what they see here and now. Sure. What, uh, I guess, what kind of... Um, and, and I just in dealing, you know, in working with you, um, you have, you know, a a lot of coaches have it too, but you have a a great, just a great outlook in terms of the same thing. You know, like you said, there's more to 
there's more to life than, than swimming. There's more to life than soccer, baseball, football, what have you. There's more to life than whatever sport you're playing. Um, and where did you kind of develop that mentality? And, and, you know, that, yeah, this is important. And it's important to, um, you know, it's important to swim or break records or finish first, but it's more important um, to prepare you for life. You know, that really starts at a young age. Yeah. I had the support of my parents. Um, my dad was always all about whatever you're going to do, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And don't compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. Uh, so it starts there. I was at Penn State during a time period when the culture was fabulous. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, Joe Paterno and I know well, there's probably <laughs> listeners out there that are going, oh, you know, the Joe Paterno sure, haters. Right. right. But um, Paterno and... Um, Portland, Coach Portland, the girls' basketball coach, both who left, you know, surprising to me, yeah, um, in, in kind of a bad way. A little bit of um, bad terms, yeah. You know, but um, Portland made comments that she should have never made, um, and Paterno, in in my opinion, and that's all it is, is an opinion. Okay. Um, but even the documents that I've read, the free report and all that, really, he was a scapegoat. He was uh, just somebody that, quite honestly, Graham Spanier wanted out of there. Mm-hmm. And so they just put everything back on him. Um, but regardless, believe, believe yeah. what you want. But it was a great culture. Yeah. And every good team starts with a great culture. Yeah. And you have to build that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what I accredit it to is yeah. the fact that at Penn State, you know, Paterno talked about things, uh, you know, no deep down inside that you're destined to do something great. Yeah. And, and it was never deep down inside, know that you're going to do something great on the football field. Right. It was, it was always about life. Um, Hmm. I met Joe Paterno when I was a young man. Um, very, I was a young boy. Um, but he left a lasting impression at that point in time. Uh, you know, they had gone, um, back to back seasons undefeated, uh, president Nixon, jumped the polls by naming Texas as number one and instead of letting the polls ride out and see if Penn State would have been. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, he left a lasting impression on the way that he talked about those things, the way that he handled that adversity. Sure. Um, And I come to find out that this is a man who not only do people study him, but he studies the great coaches. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who are the great coaches? You know, and I started looking around. Well, he he was good friends with Bear Johnny Bryant. Major. He was good friends with Bear Bryant. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the story about Joe Paterno calling Bear and saying, hey, I've got a quarterback up here in Pennsylvania. He doesn't fit my grand experiment, but I think he'd do well at Alabama. Yeah. And he sent this, you know, unknown player at the time, Joe Namath, to, to <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. not a bad character, right? Yeah. Right. Um, at least a great football player. Right, right. So, um, you know, it was those kinds of things that got me starting to realize that you have to put yourself in a good culture. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to establish a good culture and you have to push the negativity out. Hmm. You can't let... Just me as a person too. Not like me, but like me, you as like you as an individual, you know, as, as, uh, pushing the negativity out yeah, and establishing yeah. you, a good you culture. Have yeah. to, you have to focus on the positive. We live in a world where negativity sells. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You watch the, the evening news Yeah. and they can't wait to bash the president. And, and I'd say president, not Trump. 
president because president it period. doesn't matter who the president. You know, yeah. in 2020, Tony Perla and Jeff Kelly are going to be co-presidents of the United States. I'll call it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Um, I agree with that. You know, I, you have my vote. Hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah mine but, too. <laughs> you know, I, I even have a shirt. Actually, I should have worn right. it today. <laughs> you should. It says Kelly Perla, twenty twenty. <laughs> but um, you know, going back to the negativity, they sell negativity. People want to see somebody else being put down. Yeah, because it, it makes you feel like you're a better person. No, Without doing anything. No, no, yeah. no, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you a better person. Sure. It just means some other blokes having worse day than you. Yeah. 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 Right. But if you focus on the positives and then you, you take and you build that positive culture, it's amazing what you can do. And Ben, you were part mm-hmm. of some great swim teams. Oh, I love, I loved the culture there. You know, and, and really we had a great culture. Yeah. I've had years where I've not had, and in high school, you can't recruit unless you're a, a Catholic school. Sure. Um, right. Which... I don't even know what the PIA decided on that, but uh, that was recent. Still, yeah, yeah. The governor's yeah, met, and, but um, still, and I, I, I'm sure everybody knows it happens. I mean, I've stood on deck at, at the P- WPIAL and, and watched a, a Catholic school coach walk right over to a girl in front of the officials and recruit her. Yeah. yeah. But um, in high school, you don't get to recruit. So you, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, you have to make the most of that. Mm-hmm. And I've had kids come on my team who were very, very negative. And it's a tough, tough culture when you have more negatives than positives. And yeah. you have to eliminate those somehow. Is that a nice challenge for you? Like you kind of like, yeah, like let's 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 take this on. I mean, it's, it's probably hard, but is that like, okay, like let's, you know, same thing with the, your coach at Penn State you know, okay, well, let's try and turn this around and make this a positive team. Is that, is that kind of the challenge for you that it, you it, kind of embrace? It is a great challenge. Yeah. Um, it causes me to say an awful lot of prayers while I'm walking the dog in the morning at right. 4 a.m. I'm out there and, you know, God's probably going, Kelly, what are you doing waking me up? You know? <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, y- you, you look for ways to turn those things around. Yeah. And, uh, one of the authors that I love to read is a guy by the name of John Gordon. And he wrote a book, The Energy Bus. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, and awesome. it's, it's kind of where I got my start on, oh, so this is what's been going on in the world around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it. I've noticed it. I know yeah. it's there. Yeah. But this guy put it into words and now, boom. Yeah. That's awesome. It all makes sense. I love great. I love reading great books. So I'll take your recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Go down to Barnes and Noble. If they don't have it, order it. It's, it will not be a waste of money whatsoever. Mm. In the book, he talks about energy vampires. Hmm. And I've it's heard that term those, before. Yeah. yeah. It's those negative people yeah. that just kind of suck the energy out of you. Sure. They, they, they bring you from that high to that low. They make the negativity hmm. more powerful yeah. than it needs to be. And, you know, it's kind of a light versus dark thing. Yeah. Um, and, and so what I hope to do, what I strive to do without coming straight forward and telling the, the kids, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, we've got to turn this thing around. We've got to make it positive. Um, but there again, it starts with the culture. Yeah. If you have the people in there that will buy into it, then that culture will blossom. Yeah. Right? That'll grow. And you have to have great connect. Yeah. You know, if you don't connect with your players, if you don't connect with the people you work with, if you don't connect with the people around you, 
you can't get anything done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and in some cases, you're that energy vampire. Yeah. Hmm. You know, because you're you you get down because you can't get that connection. Yeah. What does that connect? Yeah. So just you know, figure it out. Thinking thinking back to my high school career and being being on the team, um, especially being a freshman coming in, I think to you know people like Ian Laverty and. Uh, other names escape me, but like he was, he was kind of my buddy and he was yeah, the kind of yeah. guy that took me like under his wing and Is he older. Like, my, like he was a senior, kinda, okay. he was a senior yeah. at the time so when I was a freshman. Yeah. yeah. And that helps. Yeah. yeah. And he had, I mean, he had other friends. Like he, he didn't need, like he didn't need my friendship. He didn't need to go out of his way to make me feel He's included kind of on the team. You. Yeah. Right. But him and that whole group of people and they were the best swimmers on the team too. And this is kind of what you're talking about with the culture. They could have easily been in a clique and you know, exactly. But I felt like they pulled everyone else along with them. Mm -hmm. Like that was the, that was the example. On an energy bus. Yeah. We, we all, when I was a freshman, we worked so hard. Like, cause we had more, the first two weeks we had morning practices. We swam afterwards and then we would all go and swim in the aqua club for two hours in the evening. Wow. We were in the pool. Like, Six hours a day. Six hours a day. Wow. And they and they loved it. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like the thing to do, like the camaraderie there. Sure. And you know, and from Jeff's perspective too, like uh or interacting with you as a coach. Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't just like we were only getting the coaching side of things from you. Like there was the friendship and the camaraderie sure. as well. Which the is connect. the connect, exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, I I, I think back to my high school career as a swimmer and it was just great. It was the the whole atmosphere, the whole team, ranging right. from the best uh, the best swimmers yeah. to people that were just doing it for fun because their other friends were on the team. It was kind of an amazing culture to be a part of, honestly. It, yeah, and I guess what's that like to you know? It's more than your top time. It's more than you know how fast you can swim. I mean, you're just having that kind of culture that's that's more than your times and more than your hundred backstroke record and, and, you know, just that sort of thing. That's where it's more about life and camaraderie too. Well, you know, and that's what it all goes back to It's it's about life. It's about, you know, what kids always joke around with me. Yeah. What's the meaning of life? Yeah. You know, Oh, Mr. Kelly, you're a (laughs) know-it-all. And I always tell them, I know everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. What's left. Nothing. So I know everything. Okay. (laughs) What's the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life is you got to live it. Yeah. And you live it to the fullest. So whether it be a, a, a time in the pool. Yeah. Or whether it be what you do to make your living, to support you. And that is that you have to live it to the fullest. So, okay, I go into a meet, my best time's a 103.21. So what do I want to do today? Yeah. Well, what I want to do is go sometime faster than a 103.21. Yeah. That's that's the goal of today. Yeah. But that starts way back yeah. prior to. Mm-hmm. You know, before you even hit the 103.21. It, it was before day one when you walked in on deck. Right. You know, what do you do day in, day out to prepare yourself, to make yourself better? What are you going to do today to make it better than the day before. Hmm. What are you going to do today that's going to help you make tomorrow even better? And and those are the things, you know, in swimming, it's what drills are we going to do, right? That are going to prepare you for your race. 
Um, you know, and I've learned, learned so much over the years that I've added. And Ben, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember whether we did anchoring. When you, oh yeah, like, and I wanted okay. I wanted to bring that up too because I still use that in my life today, like being a musician on stage. Bam, there you go. See something he did that you say learn that at a podcast one time. Yeah, yeah, you know something that you learn at one in one area of your life that you carry over, and that's always what I want swimming to be. Is I want it right. to be something that you'll carry over, and you know I go into these rants on deck, and the kids are like. <laughs> Where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. I you love know? the rants from but, the <laughs> but I'll, I'll get into get into a rant and the kids love them because they're actually catching their breath. But about <laughs> the, the meaning yeah. of what we're doing and how it carries on so much more. It's not just about, you know, being perfect in the pool. It's about being perfect in life. It, yeah. It's about putting the things in your life in the proper order and knowing what you have to do. Um and uh, one of the other books that I read by John Gordon yeah. is Training Camp. What the best do better than anyone else. Sure. And from that, I got some takeaways that that I would talk about with the, the student athletes and say, you know, look, you know, these are the things that you need to do in life to be better than the average Joe. Definitely. Being average isn't that hard. Yeah. You know, and I don't care whether it's in a high school classroom or whether it's in college or whether it's being average is waking up in the morning, going to your job, whether you like it or dislike it, doing your job and coming home. You get right. a paycheck and and you live. Yeah. yeah. That's an average that, lifestyle. Average, yeah. yeah. And so that's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Just showing up. But what do you do to be better than that? You know, and I even go as far as, as saying, look, everybody wants to be good. Take it to the next step. Be great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're going to do, if you're going to be a garbage man, be a great garbage man. Yeah. You know, it's easy to, I, I shouldn't say it's easy, but like taking the trash and throwing it in a truck. Okay. But go that extra mile. Sure. So that like when you're throwing trash in the truck, if something doesn't make it, you pick that up off the street. When you put the garbage can back, do you just throw it on the, you know, the curb or, yeah, right. or do you set it down? Do you put the lid back on for the, the customer? Sure. You know? Simple yeah. as that. Small things, yeah. Right. You know, wow, all of a sudden, you're a, a great garbage man. Yeah. Right, right. Right? And and not to, you know, make it sound like garbage men aren't that important. Think about what your life's like on those really, really busy weeks when you got a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. Aren't you yeah. real anxious to see that garbage man? Oh, yeah, yeah. So guess what you got to do? Treat that garbage man with respect. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Understand how important they are to your life. You know, and I think that's something that our country is missing right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Is respect. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, watching the news the other night and, it, and it's it's terrible what has happened with the, the young man in Pittsburgh that was shot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the protest. But then the disrespect of the driver that went through the protest. Sure. Whether you agree with them or not, that's not what's important here. It's the respect of those human beings and, and the respect of our Constitution, their First Amendment rights. To freedom yeah. of speech, you know, at that time they're prost- protesting. They don't know all the ins and outs of what happened that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, you got to let that go to let the investigators yeah. and see what happens, and go from there. You, you don't be discourteous yeah. and drive through their protest. Recognize it, agree or disagree. You know, it doesn't matter. We need to have civil discord. We we don't. 
we've, we've lost sight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and this goes back to what you guys are doing, which is so great is you're, you're coming yeah, back no, and you're saying, you. Hey, look, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to do things right. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's respecting your garbage man, respecting your coach, respecting your peer, yeah. you know, it, it goes back. We, we lack respect. Is that how we get it back? Is that how you kind of, is that how you turn it back? Just more Each respect? person has to start. It, yeah. it, it's up to you. It's up to Ben. It's up to me. Yeah. It's how we treat one another. And then, you know, I, I feel blessed. I really do. One, I love what I do. Sure. Working in a high school is awesome. Yeah. Mm. Kids are great. It's not what yeah. you see on the news. You're right. Yeah. Right? You know, that's one, two percent of the kids. Right. Mm. There's some tragic, tragic things that are happening out there. And because that gets the news. Yeah. You that's think what it's everybody thinks. copycats. Definitely. True. You know, yeah. We had the shooting in Florida. What happened? We lost a day of school. Why? Because somebody thought it would be cool to write on the bathroom wall. Right. Right. So we got to shut down school. Latrobe experienced the same thing. Hempfield. Same thing. Sure. Norwin. Everyone. Everybody. Oh, copycats. Yeah. yeah. No, don't, we, we play that's it off too much. Yeah. It goes back to what I said earlier. Negativity sells. As soon as we start buying into the positive, guess what won't be on the nightly news? The yeah, exactly. shootings that occurred in Florida. Yeah. Sure. And when that's not on the news, then you're not going to get copycats. Instead, you're I think showing respect positive. Buys into that too. Yeah. Yeah. You start showing thing. positive things on the news, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I want to be on the news. I'm going to do something positive. Yeah. Well, how about the way that people treat their classmates, or, or bullying, or that sort of thing? You know, things that might lead to that sort of stuff. You know, and I'm, have, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, you know, then yes. then you don't have the situation where someone gets so so disappointed or frustrated that you know something tragic happens. You know, one of the experiments I do with, with kids occasionally is I'll have them stand up, turn and point to the wall. I'll say, now mark your spot. Now, I want you to turn your body completely around, face the wall. Look at the spot that you just pointed to. And I want you to look six inches past that. Turn back around. Now, I want you to point your finger to the mark six inches past. Everybody can do it. It's the same thing with with positivity. Yeah. Everybody can do it. Mm -hmm. It's just deciding and seeing it and knowing it and doing it. We get into these anti-bullying campaigns. And not that I think bullying is okay. It's not okay. Right. Not at all. Right. But we tell ourselves not to bully, not to bully, not to bully, not to bully, not to bully. What do we end up doing? Bullying. Bullying. Because you're thinking about it. Because what are we thinking? You know, the negative... Comment in front, not. Yes. Or yeah. Don't. yeah. The brain doesn't work. Yeah. It focuses on bullying. Yeah. And so that's what ends up happening. Um, you know, and here I am in a position where I have to talk to my kids about bullying. Yeah. Mm-mm. Let's talk instead about respecting one another. Mm-hmm. What does sure. that look like? Mm-hmm. When we respect each other, bullying doesn't exist. Yeah. But when we talk about bullying, Sometimes what we end up doing is teaching them how to bully better. Yeah. <laughs> how to be more sneaky. And with social media, yeah, that's even kids worse. Kids are really, really sneaky with bullying now. Sure. And, and, you know, I feel, again, going back, I feel blessed. Kids talk to me. Yeah. I'm really close with a lot of my students. And they'll sit there and they'll tell me, you know what, Mr. Kelly, anti bullying doesn't work. Why not? Well, when you're telling us about anti-bullying and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that, we're sitting there thinking of ways around it. Yeah, right. You know, when I was in school, the kids that bullied, 
eventually got into a fight. Yeah. Eventually, it was done. Even if the bully won, the fact that somebody stood up to him, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, you know, I was disrespecting that person. That person disrespected me back when they slugged me. Yeah. It hurt. I didn't like it. And okay? it settled. Yeah. So it was kind of settled. That's not the answer. Don't anybody out there take me wrong. I'm not advocating violence. I'm not advocating fighting. But what I'm saying is when we start to respect one another, when we live by that golden rule, all of a sudden people like that. So what do they do? They start doing it. There was an ad campaign out. I want to say it was Liberty Mutual maybe where it okay. showed different people doing something good. And at the end of the day, somebody came back around and did something good for the person that started it. Hmm. You know, old, yeah, yeah. old person walking across the street and a guy goes out and stops traffic sure. so that they can get through. Yeah. Right. And then Hold the, the old door, person like does that. something for somebody else, you know, and, and then that person comes back around and the guy that stopped traffic is walking down the street with a bag and the bag rips and the groceries fall out. Right, and so right. that person that the old person did something for comes back around and then yeah. they're helping that person pick up their groceries. Sure. Simple as that. Yeah, it is. And, and that was a great ad campaign. It taught a lesson. Where'd it go? Yeah. You know, where is yeah. it? And I think that's one of the problems we have in society today. Yeah. We look for that you know, negativity. We look for somebody else having a worse day than I am Mm -hmm. so that I can feel good about myself. I'm going to put somebody down. Why am I going to put somebody down? Because it makes me feel better about myself. And then at the end of the day, when you're laying there in bed, you start thinking about the things that you did. You're thinking, I feel that good about what I just did. Yeah. Person. Sure. You know, um, there were days on the pool deck where I would scream and yell at the kids to get their attention, to try and drive them. Right. And at the end of the day, I'd have to sit back and I would have to analyze that. And there's sure. a lot of this that people don't realize goes on. But at the end of the day, I always went back into my office and I analyzed practice. Yeah. How did it go? What did I do that was positive? What did I do that was negative? And the negative thing that I did was yelling at the team, screaming at them. But what was my message in that yelling? Mm-hmm. Did they hear my message? Yeah. Yeah, I got loud. But if they heard the passion in my voice... And they picked up on that passion and it becomes their passion too. Yeah. There's that connect again. Mm-hmm. Now we got something going. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, people were like, you're crazy, Kelly. Cause like you can be <laughs> real level and then you spike. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like insane, crazy. And then you come right back down. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Because I don't need to stay at that super hyped, crazy. Yeah. Well, people will tune you out. Well, yeah. If, yeah. If, you know, if mom screams at me every day to clean my room, guess what? I stop listening to mom. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I've heard every day, clean my room, clean my room, clean my room. And she's screaming at me. But that day I'm sitting there eating breakfast and she says to me, you know, it'd really be a big help to me if you'd clean up your room today. Can you get your dirty clothes down here so that I can get them washed? Sure. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, you know. So you go upstairs, you clean your room. You pick up your dirty clothes, right? But yeah. that chirping in my ear, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the bird that wakes you up in the morning, chirping. <laughs> you lay there long enough, don't you learn to tune it out and go back to sleep? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. So if I scream every day at practice, the kids are going to tune me out. Right, right. You know? But if I raise that level, I'll never forget. Quick swimming story. Uh, Shannon Mazzoni was my assistant swim coach, and I had a chalkboard on deck. And uh, one of my swimmers 
uh, said to me, you know, coach, the freshmen really haven't seen you snap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were having a bad practice. Um, focus was not there. The drive was not there. Uh, there was no passion in what we were doing. And yeah. I was I was getting a little frustrated. And uh, Jake Geyer was mm. the, uh, the swimmer. And so Jake says about, you know, you need to, it was his senior year. He says, you, you need to snap a little. <laughs> poor, poor Shannon had no idea what was coming. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I turned around and I started pounding my finger into this chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. And it was a chalkboard on rollers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. it would flip. And sure enough, don't you know, it flipped. <laughs> Chalk went everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I look at the kids in the pool, their eyes, well, all there were were two eyeballs. Yeah. yeah you couldn't yeah. even see their heads. They were like, oh, crap. Yeah, you got their yeah. attention. Right? And, you know, trying to to get that, that emotion going, that passion going. And Shannon comes over and she starts <laughs> picking up the chalk. And I meant to bring my level back down to tell her, just leave it alone. I'll clean it up because I made the mess. Yeah. I turned around and I snapped at her and I said, just leave it. Really? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I turned back around and Shannon was standing with her back to the women's locker room door so that if I snapped again, she was gone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. You know, I even I even scared her. But practice turned yeah they yeah. saw the passion i mean it wasn't just a pounding on the board and knocking it over and letting it go right it was a pounding on the board letting them know that there was passion there letting them know that there was a desire to to succeed to improve to get better and, and make something out of this practice there was a message that followed and then i went and cleaned up the chalk sure yeah you yeah know? but the kids got it the, the practice level came up um you know my wife is a firm believer that I don't need to yell, and uh, I don't necessarily <laughs> agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be that screaming coach. I am a cheerleading type coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if you go to a swim meet, there was a picture in the paper of me when Dustin uh, broke the fifty free record. Mm. Dustin McCallan. You know, and, sure. and I look like a fool, but that was a good full look yeah yeah you know i was so excited for that young man sure and then you know i had zach Baum come along right right oh man mm-hmm. i thought that kid was gonna break my ribs what number number two in the state two years oh yeah two, oh yeah. yeah two years you know row. i mean one yeah. of the awesome. top performers in, in the state and he just broke every record except for a few and, sure and you know but every time he'd come out and i was so happy for him i'd hug him and as hard <laughs> as i would squeeze him he'd squeeze me twice as yeah, hard yeah well you know i'm a little boxy guy Zach mm-hmm. is like six four, right, right, right. He's a big he's guy, strong. Mm-hmm. He'd pick me up and squeeze my ribs, and I'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> let go. <laughs> like I need to breathe. Bit, yeah. I need yeah. to breathe." So, but, um, but no, you know, but there all... again, that's a, that's a connect that you've got to get. That that's yeah, that passion that you have to build in in people, um, and it was always meant to be positive. Yeah, you know, I want to. Go down that road a little bit more because that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. Talk to you about is the psychology of being being a coach, and you've talked a lot about it already. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want you to give away any of your secrets. I'll give them away. <laughs> if somebody else can use them, I'll give them away. Yeah, right. If it's going to make somebody better, yeah, I, I feel you like you are always here if you want. Oh, okay. Well, sell yeah. them, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I didn't help my campaign. Yeah, well, so <laughs> that's true. We'll um, finance your campaign by selling your secrets. Of, ah, of there coaching. we go. There we go. Brilliant. Um, I felt like maybe I didn't appreciate it as much whenever I was in high school, but definitely looking back, I felt like you were very, very good, great <laughs> at 
guess was it those life lessons kind yeah, of? of yeah of just balancing the line of how to get how to get my swimmers motivated and just knowing what it would take in that moment do i need to be their friend do i need to be their coach do i need to be the angry tyrant do i need to flip a chalkboard yeah and yeah. each kid in each situation requires something different exactly and, and i could see it play out and it was cool to cool to look back and see see that in my mind well as you know you have to be able to read people yeah you know you have to know and, and it takes a while yeah mm -hmm. you know it's really hard when they're freshmen and they're coming in to know exactly what's going to click with them um so you know whether it's a, a nick gerthofer who is just absolutely crazy trying to make a point that you can be a 4-0 student have crazy spikes yep, and, yeah. and colored hair and, and look the part of a wild man, <laughs> you know, or, or whether it's Ben, who's pretty low key down to earth, yep. you know, um, you would think with Nick that you had to be that rah, rah, yeah. scream in his face kind of guy. And, and, you know, with Nick, it was a matter of pulling him aside. I put my arm around him and I say, look, Nick, this is what we're going to do today. This is what I need out of you. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I need you to do in practice. Okay, coach. And he'd go and do it. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Ben being low key, right? He's going to react when I yell. Yeah. But you can't yell at him. Like <laughs> you yell to get his attention. Sure. Once you got his attention, then you say, look, you need to focus in on this aspect. Right, right. Right. Get them to be cerebral. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, how do you reach that level with them? You know, I had a kid that, that he thought he knew everything there was to know about everything. Right, right. Right. He knew what he knew and he thought that was everything yeah. as opposed to not knowing or yeah. knowing what he did not know. Right. And, you know, he challenged me to a fight on the bus coming home oh, one boy. time. Oh my and, gosh. And, Jeez. <laughs> you know, fortunately, Amy Hildebrand was my assistant and uh, I was a young fiery coach and I was like, <laughs> okay, you want to go. You come up here and take a swing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I will defend myself. And yeah. it didn't come to that. You know, I didn't yeah, need right. that. You know, oh, but, boy. but the team very quickly put him in his place. Yeah. Because we had that culture. Sure. Yeah. You know, the kids knew that he didn't know everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you have to allow is you have to allow for mistakes. Yeah. If any of us are perfect, we're not going to stay on this earth very long. You know, my belief is that when you reach perfection, God's going to come take you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because where do perfect people live? In heaven. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Not here. No. <laughs> so, you know, um, I made mistakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I still make mistakes. 25, 30 years of coaching, and I still, there right. are things that, that I look back and I say, oh, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I should have listened. Yeah. To my instincts. Yeah. You know, and ignored times for once. Uh, I made a tragic, tragic error with, with a young lady by the name of Kelsey Waxter with that. Yeah. You know, I listened to kids and I listened to an assistant that was all time, time, time. And I knew that in my heart of hearts, I knew Kelsey was the better relay swimmer and I should use her. Yeah. But I let everybody else yeah. turn me against my own hmm. decision. And it was a mistake. That happened. I mean, it's you natural. Know, and, and, you know, yeah. You know, I, I always hope and I pray that, that Kelsey will forgive me for that. And, and we had a great senior year. You know, it happened in her junior year. She had a great senior year. She's a wonderful young lady. Um, she's, you know, she's going to do great things. I know it. Mm -hmm. Because 
she wants that greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't want to be good. Doesn't want to be average. She wants to be great. And and, and that'll come through. Mm-hmm. That'll happen for her. Yeah. How do we so, Oh no, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um I was just gonna say, like how do we find that outside of you know, maybe I'm stuck in a rut now and, and I'm Ten years after graduation, fifteen years after graduation, how do we find that now to get? And I'm stuck in that rut. How do I find perfection? How do I find greatness? How do I strive to start to achieve it? If I'm like, well, you, you know, you got to start looking within. Yeah, you know, um, kind of goes back to the the saying, you know, if you do the same thing over and over again and you get the same results, yeah, guess what? You're an idiot. Yeah, you know, because you're doing the same thing yeah. and you're not happy so about it. If, yeah. if you start looking at yourself and you say, "Okay, what am I doing?" and if it's the same thing and you're getting the same results, change. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. start your day different. Put your left sock on first. You know, but yeah, you got to take a look at at what do the great coaches do? And I like to look at coaches because coaching is setting somebody else up for life. Yeah. Take a look mm-hmm. at, at uh, John Wooden out at UCLA. Definitely. How many years did they win the national title? In the 70s, they were dominant. Yeah, like yeah. 17 national titles or something. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, right, the guy sucked in the beginning. Yeah. Go back and look at his early career. They were incredible. Well, Chuck Knoll was you know, bad yeah. in his first year. Yeah. yeah. They were terrible. Mm. What did they do? They looked at the culture and they said, what needs to change in this culture? They looked at, her, at themselves and what do I need to do? Once they figured out what it was that they had to change, they had to get others to buy into that philosophy. Yeah. And once you get the others to start buying into that philosophy, true change can occur. Once you know how to make that happen, yeah. don't ever let it stop. Okay. What was the uh, football coach, the Atlanta Falcons? Um, they brought him in. They had been terrible. Um, Mike, shoot, it totally mm. escapes me. But he built an incredible team. For five years, they were they were winners. Um, went the NFC championships. Oh, in the late nineties. Um, yeah, Is that right. Yeah, yeah, I can't early, remember. Early two thousands. Um, then they his won a, last they won a Super Bowl two years with him. The last two years, he sucked. Yeah, and got fired. Okay. Um, oh, it's killing me. He actually helped write a book with John Gordon. Um, Mike, Mike Smith? Mike Smith. I knew it was Mike. I just looked Smith. It up. Boy, that's a tough name. <laughs> that's right. right. Kelly, right? Um, but, but Mike Smith talks about why, and, and learning from your mistakes, Right. why the last two years did they lose it? And of course, it took him getting fired and sitting back and, and looking at it. And analyzing it. And then he realized... All the things that he had done to build up to winning a Super Bowl, right? Mm. The last two years, he didn't do. Mm. He became consumed and the team became consumed with winning a Super Bowl. Right. How do you win a Super Bowl? Yeah, What's the first thing you got to do to get to the Super Bowl? You got to win games. Yeah. Ah, (laughs) and what game do you win first? First one. The first game. <laughs> yeah. What game do you win second? Second game. Sure. Exactly. What's the next game you got to win? Third one. After. Yeah. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, right? Mm. They lost sight of that. Their focus was on something at the very end, yeah. right? Not the steps in between. Yeah. 
And you've got to focus on all those steps in between. Absolutely. So, okay, you want to find yourself, you want to improve, you want to get better, you want to, you want to make a change because you're in this rut. All right, so what am I doing every day? You find that. Mm-hmm. Then, as we all know, you can only change one thing at a time to find out if that one thing makes a difference. Start changing everything, you're not going to know which one made the difference. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Change something. How did that work out for you? All right, now this is working. So I go to that next thing and I change it. Is it still working? Okay, good. Go to the next thing. Is it still working? No. Ooh, better leave that alone. Maybe that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you start with those things and you just go through. And, and, you know, how do I write a good story? Yeah. You know? Well, to write a good story, I have to have good content. I have to have something to write about. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to start. I, 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 I need a book. Good vocabulary, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, how many times do I use plethora up in an announcer's box? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a you good know? one. Yeah. You know, I use Whenever. plethora at least once a game. <laughs> oh, totally. Good right? word, though. Totally. And amazingly, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the vocabulary at dairy has gone up. Why? Because plethora. we're using words like plethora. I guess and it was funny because we watched the, the audience the day that I used plethora. Yeah. You know, so-and-so tackled by a plethora of, of Trojans. Uh-huh. And, and everybody's going... What's a plethora? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you just say plethora? What's plethora? You know, but but it's those kinds of things. You take those steps mm-hmm. each and every day. Is it a situation where I can't lose 20 pounds in a week? I can't just pick up a guitar and start playing it. I can't drop five seconds on my 100 breast time. I can't, you know, just kind of, you know, is it a situation where those changes occur gradually and, and maybe you need a month, two months, three months, four sure. months for that to happen and, and, and those, you know, pause it, you know, like you might be in a rut, but maybe that happens over time and not, and not just within the snap of a finger. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go back to John Wooden. Yeah. Right. So good old John shows up at UCLA. Did he win a national title that year? No, I think he won two games. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. He had to build and he had to buy into something. Um, there's a story in the, the book by Mike Smith and John Gordon about, uh, he was in the NCAA tournament and he got pounded by, I want to say Michigan, right? But he mm. gets pounded in this, in this game, sure. but he had put in a new play, okay, a new type of defense. Mm-hmm. And it was a team that they were playing that it didn't matter. They could close their eyes and shoot and it was going in. Yeah. But it forced them to use a different style of play than what they were normally used to. Yeah. So lo and behold, they got beat, but he said, we didn't get beat as bad as what we should have. Yeah. So this works. Mm -hmm. Now, the outcome was not what I wanted, but it worked. Yeah, right. So it went into his playbook for the next year and it worked Mm. and it stayed in that playbook until he left and they worked on it day in, day out. And, you know, everybody knows how to do a chest pass by the time they exit fifth grade. But guess what you got to do at practice? I don't care whether you're a little kid or whether you're an old man. You know, uh, what's the movie coming out with all the ex-basketball players? Uncle Uncle Dude, Uncle Uncle something or other. Yeah, okay. Right? And it's, you know, like Shaq and, you know, these guys. And it looks great, right? But guess what? When you're that age, you still got to practice a chess pass. Bounce pass. Yeah. And yeah. Every, yeah. every aspect of it. You know, wouldn't, this is how you get ready for practice. You put your sock on. 
Mm-hmm. Now you put your shoe on, you lace it this way. You start with the second, you know, string up and you tighten from there. You don't want your toes too tight because it, you know, cramps your feet. You know, you've got to do this every day. We're going to put our socks on the same way every day, mm-hmm. right? We're going to put our shoes on the same way every day. You're going to put your jock strap on the same way every day. Don't wear it backwards. It's really uncomfortable, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, um, so that's what we've got to do. We've got to do the same things that work yeah, yeah. and are positive every day, mm-hmm. every single day. My day starts walking my dog. Come on, Penny, let's go for a walk. Right. Right. And, you know, during the school year, if you're out at 4 a.m., you'll see me walking down the street with my dog because it starts every day at 4. Right. Right now, I sleep a little later. Yeah. I got to rest up for the school year. Yeah, you do. How, how's the dog <laughs> feel about that? Uh, she doesn't care. She right, sleeps yeah. all day. <laughs> you know, you want a dog's life? You know, you sleep all day. And, yeah, and, yeah. You sleep all day. You get up, you eat, you go back to bed. It's kind of like being like really, really old, I think. Um, you know, not what I want to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but no, she, you know, Hey, we're going for a walk. You know, you say the word and you grab her leash and sure, she's sure. like at the door, tails wagging and she's prancing and she can't wait to get going. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and it actually, you know, it's funny because it kind of energizes me to go for a walk. Sure. Because now it's like, oh, she really wants this. I'm making her happy. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take her for a walk. I feel bad the days when it's really raining and she won't go out yeah, and you don't yeah. get for a walk and, you know, and, oh, wait. Here's another story for life. Yeah. Doesn't it make you happy when you see that you're making somebody else happy? Sure. Yeah. 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 Which is a better feeling, a happy feeling or a sad feeling or a bad feeling? Sure. Yeah. 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 Right? One more reason for us to do more positive doing, things. Doing something else for, for somebody else. For people. Yeah. 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 You know, um, you know, yeah, this is, I'm doing it for a dog and, and she's happy. She loves it. And, and this weather has been great because she's oh, yeah. old and she loves to run all of a sudden. It's like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> she's rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get to walk a little faster. Wait, what is that? Oh, that's a heartbeat. I can feel <laughs> my own heart beating. Wow. That's right. This is good. It's not like, okay, come on. You know? So, but it, when we do positive things for other people, we feel better about ourselves. When yeah. we feel better about ourselves, we are more energized. We go out about mm-hmm. doing more better things for other people. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's great stuff. Uh, you know, talking about, I think that's one of the biggest lessons I took from swimming, uh, just in making small changes that lead to yeah. big results. Because when you're, I always joke with people that whenever I stopped swimming, when I went to college and realized I need to give this up, I don't have enough energy to swim and be a chemist at the same time. Right. Um, that's when I finally realized how exhausted I was from swimming. Like, cause you're just constantly in the pool and you mm-hmm. don't realize how tired you actually are right. until you take a step away from that and you're like, wow, I was really tired. Right. Right. <laughs> but when you're, when you're that tired and you have to still go to practice and put in the mileage, the things that make the biggest difference then are, can I still focus on the small things whenever I'm dead tired? Can I focus on making a perfect flip turn? While I'm so exhausted, I yeah. I can't even, I can barely feel my arms and legs. And those are the biggest things that make the biggest difference. Sure. At least being able to do, do those kind of things and perform at your best while right. you're tired. Because when yeah. you're exhausted in a big race, that's whenever your body's going to have that muscle memory. Right, right. And, you know, one of the things, one of my mantras at practice that I would always say, still always say, yeah, take care of the little things. 
the big things will take care of themselves. Yeah. So that, matter of fact, it's one of my takeaways for my seniors. I think it's a Joe Paterno saying. It is <laughs> indeed. Go figure. Joe Paterno, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of my stuff goes back to, you know, things that I heard Joe say or Rini Portland. You know, I always tell my kids when we're out somewhere, remember who you are and who you represent, what you represent. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, my, one of the commencement speeches I, I gave, I put that in there. Yeah. Uh, about again, it's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're from Derry. People will judge Derry by your character, by what you do. Sure. Um, telling my kids, you know, take care of the little things. The big things will take care of themselves. Absolutely does. You know, if I do all of the things necessary to be able to swim fast, I'll swim fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those big races, muscle memory takes over. I don't have to think about it. Right. It just happens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it was Norwin. It was, um, I'm going to say somewhere around February 7th, 1981, when I had that, yeah, you know, that moment where everything just kicked in and took over and, and it all happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you just, you kind of remember those things, but it, it truly was, you know, and, and again, um, being at Penn State, um, or you drank from the, blue Kool-Aid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it was a culture on campus. It wasn't just a football thing. Right. I didn't play football. Yeah. And yet a lot of the things I say, even in the classroom and, and, you know, uh, coach Sweeney is telling his players, well, where did coach Sweeney go to school? Coach Sweeney went to Penn state, played played for for Joe Joe Paterno. Paterno. Yeah. And so, you know, here, Joe Paterno was a great coach. I don't care what anybody says, you know, Penn State and Alabama were bitter rivals on the football field. Sure. Bear Bryant was a great coach. You know? Yeah. And, and you take away from those people what you can. Took away from him. Take care of the little things. The big things take care of himself. You know? Um, one of the other things that, that Joe always said was, you don't stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's you true. Don't stay the same. So you've got to constantly be working at getting better. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that was one of the things. You know, uh, Zach Baum. Yeah. He got to a point where he thought he was unstoppable. He couldn't be beat. And I told him one day he was being a little lazy in the water. I said, yeah. Zach, you don't have time to be lazy. Or at least rest on you whoever know, someone you, rest on their You're either going to get better yeah. or you're going to get worse. Yeah. You're not going to stay the same. And part of that reason is you're not the only one that has discovered success. You're not the only one that's figured out there's a way to get better. Yeah. So while you're resting today, all those other people that are striving to get better are getting better. Yeah. And you're going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to be ahead of you. Yeah. And now you've got to work twice as hard to get back out in front. Catch up to them, yeah. Yeah. And Zach was a great student. Mm-hmm. Great student. Boom. Instant change. Sure. Right? Um, this year, um, Caleb Rulo had a very successful year. Yeah. And qualified for stage, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In two awesome. events. Yeah. Two events. And a lot of the credit goes to Zach for coming in and working. That's right. In an area where he was weak. Yeah. And Zach came in one day and, and, you know, when you're a head coach, you have to have good people around you because you're in charge of everything. Right. You don't see, you can't attend to everything. Yeah. 
right? So I have to take care of the little things on my end. Part of those little things is having great coaches and great people. When I can get a, a former swimmer who was great to come back and help, do it. Yeah. And they were pretty tight too. If yes. I recall, yes. they, you know, sending text messages to each other. Absolutely. And, and that sort Absolutely. of thing. And, and not only that, but he was, um, and I think it was great insight on Caleb's part to, to kind of pick Zach's brand because he mm-hmm. knew he was really good. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. he finished second in the state. So, okay, well. There's got to be I'm something gonna, to it. Yeah, I'm going to lean on this person who was second in the state in his event. Um, what can you just say about people who take wisdom like that and people who, um, okay, well, this guy's really good at this. And I'm pretty good, but I could get better, but I can get, I can get a lot better if I reach out to this person. Well, you know, remember, if you're perfect, you're in heaven. You're not here. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you're still here. You've got room to improve. Find somebody that's going to help you improve. Um, you know, one of the things that I discovered as a coach is that coaches rely on one another. Yeah. For insight. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I started coaching. I knew very little about diving. Uh, the board's a meter off the water. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And depending on where you put that thingy that goes across the middle determines how much bounce you get in the yeah, board. Yeah. Oh, that's the fulcrum. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, okay. And so this kid needs to hit and, oh, they got to ride the board. They aren't doing cannonballs. Are they? Right? <laughs> you know, like, what does that mean? You ride the board. Well, you know, coach down at South Park, their diving coach, John comes up to me and he says, uh, he said, you know, I know, uh, Keppel girls, they come down to pit. Mm-hmm. He says, can I give you some pointers? I said, can you give me some pointers? Sure. Yeah. Do you have time to write a book for me? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So John and no, I. that's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. What he did was he sat there and we watched every diver. Yeah. And he taught me how to watch diving. He taught me how to see mistakes. He taught me how to realize mm-hmm. what the divers needed to do. Well, I didn't have an ego about being a diving coach. I didn't sure. think I was all that great. Mm. Still don't, right? Can I coach diving? Yes. But am I a great diving coach? No. You have a pretty good assistant I don't, though too at the same yes, time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's- You know, yeah. there again, yeah. right? Being you surrounded out, by- I, Yeah. I, I give you a lot of credit for taking on the diving stuff as well because it's almost so separate. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing you're a bathing right. suit and you're in the water, but it's like completely different mechanics. Well, and as you're you right. know, yeah. being at college- the dive team and the swim team did not practice together. Yeah. They were they were separate entities. Yeah. yeah. So in high school, you know, if you don't have good people around you, you're, you're in trouble. Right. And so, you know, yeah, I took on the diving for a little while sure. and I realized I need somebody else in here and went out and I just happened to find a great diving coach totally. in, in Trish Brownlee. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Latrobe had some issues and they didn't have a diving coach and she was coaching both. And, um, so, you know, things happen and and next thing I know I'm without a diving coach and it's like, you know, I need to find a diving coach. Well, gee, who's one of the top 100 divers in the WPIO? Let's go a little further. Who's one of the top 50? Who's top 40, Mm -hmm. right? Well, it just so happens Morgan Elric is- Dairy grad. Right. Yeah. She was a top gymnast in the state. Right. Top diver in the state. Sure. Hey, Morgan, what are you doing? You want to you want to help me out here? Yeah. You know, you bring her back in. She's young. State qualifier. What's state two, qualifier, two or three times? Three years. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and speaks the language of the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, again, you find those people around you that are going to help you. Positive energy, positive people. Mm-hmm. 
focus on the positive. And that's going back to sometimes I do it and don't even realize that, you know, like that I'm doing it. It's when I sit back and I think, wow, that wasn't a bad move. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty pretty smart on your part, you know, Uh, or dumb luck. Yeah. You know, Um, finding Trish was dumb luck. That was down, we were down at the soccer fields. Yeah, yeah. Our kids were playing soccer and she saw my my hoodie that I had on. It said right. dairy swimming and diving. And she's like, oh, you got a, a diving team. I used to dive and we got to talk. And I was like, hey, if you want to come out and take a look, see what you can do. Sure. And that's where it started. Um, hmm. You know, and she continues and she runs a good program over at Latrobe and she that's has right. her club that she does and she does a good job there. And, and you know, I've got Morgan and Morgan did a great job mm-hmm. for me and I'm hoping she's coming back this year and uh, see what we can do from there. But you've, you've got to surround yourself going back to your original question. You probably figured he has bird walked all around it. No, but your good. original <laughs> question dealing with, you know, like, how do you, yeah. how do you see that? And it's, you focus on other people that have achieved greatness and you look for what is it that they do that is great because not every one of us has all of the elements together. Sure. Chuck Knoll didn't have it. Okay. John Wooden didn't have it. Mike Smith didn't have it. You surround yourself with great people. What, what made John Kennedy such a great president? It certainly wasn't what he did as president. Yeah. Because if you look at the bills and the things that were passed under him, very little got done. What made him a great president was the intelligent people that he put around him. They made good decisions, mm-hmm. good policy, and it all worked. The only thing that didn't work was that nobody would listen to McNamara when he came back and said, don't get in Vietnam. And of course, what did Johnson do? Elevated us and we ended up in, in what a lot of people consider one of the worst wars ever for the United States. Mm. But again, he had smart people around him. Cuban Missile Crisis, why was it so successful? What he did with his administration, with his cabinet, having smart people around you. How do I get better? I go to coaching clinics and I listen to other coaches. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know the difference between... Jack Bowerly, who was one of the Olympic coaches and me, he was at the right place at the right time. Hmm. Yeah. Sat down at a table with this guy, no different than me. Sure. First, I'm in awe of him, and then he starts talking. He's like, wow, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just me, but all the coaches that were sitting around the table, because the things that we were all doing were things that he was taking notes on. Yeah. I never thought to do that, and he'd write it down. Right, yeah. right. You know, what keeps him on top of his game? He doesn't have an ego that says, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Salo, same way. Met him in New Jersey at a coach's clinic. I take everything I could yeah, off yeah. of him. And he says, Okay, now you've given your you've taken, taken, taken. It's your turn. I want to hear. Yeah. What do you guys do? And he sat down at a table, hmm. just like we are right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Had a pad in front of him, and he started talking. And we started telling stories. Yeah, yeah. And he started writing down. Huh. Not what was the story, not the story. He wrote down what we did with the swimmer. You know, one of my last great divers. How did I discover him? I was driving down the road. The idiot ran in front of my car. <laughs> <laughs> he dove off he the dove bridge off front. into the Loyal Hannah. Oh, jeez. Oh. And I'm like, that kid's freaking nuts. <laughs> Be a perfect diver. You know, who yeah. is that? Well, yeah. school starts. And uh, Mr. Grabiak comes to me, who is our, our uh, 
parole officer, juvenile probation officer at the school. And he says, Jeff, I've got this kid. I need you to kind of take him in. Yeah, yeah. And I start talking to the young man and he's like, well, I'd give diving a consideration. He says, I dive off the bridge, you know, down <laughs> on 30 all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, really? Oh, yeah? You ever run in front of cars and do that? He goes, all the time. It's great. <laughs> I'm like, you're nuts. You're on. Right? Welcome to the team. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Bowerly loved that. He's like, that needs to be put in a book somewhere. I said, well, go ahead and write it. Yeah. He says, what did you do with the young man? I said, I taught him discipline. Yeah. I got him to be disciplined, to be focused. Mm. You know, people talk about focus. There's two types of focus. You have, you know, that, that telescope focused where sure. you see the big picture then you have zoom focus, which is like microscope. Mm-hmm. And that's where you look at the little things mm-hmm. that make that big thing work. Sure. And, and that's what I taught him. And one of the best calls I ever got at school from a student, former student, was him calling me to tell me that, hey, thanks for all your help. Thanks for teaching discipline. I am on my way to Fort Bragg. He was in the Air Force. He was going into the Air Force Special Forces. Wow. And uh, I've never served in the military, but my understanding is that all Special Forces train at Fort Bragg. And he was yeah. going. And and so he had, you know, he had raised or elevated sure. his level to attain what I consider as one of the greatest yeah. you know, things to do. Yeah. But, is that um, is that the best part of, of coaching? Is you know not the not the times, not the records, not anything. Even, even someone who doesn't even make the the WPIL meet doesn't you know, make the state meet is the best part. Um, you know, teaching those life lessons. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, not that I don't want to go to states. Not that I don't sure, want my right. kids to make yeah. it to whips. Not that, you know those things are all important. They're important because they're important to the kids. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, is Derry going to fire me? I don't think so. Uh-oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, if, sure. If, if I don't get a kid to the state meet, which has happened, I think, twice in my career that we haven't had somebody up there, which mm. is kudos to the kids because yeah. they're the ones that make the state meet. I don't make it. Sure. Yeah. They yeah. take me along yeah, because right. they need a chaperone. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> but I have never made it to states. I guess I'll chaperone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah it's right. like, oh, gee, I got to be on deck. Oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's great, but that is for them. Yeah. What's my goal? What is my purpose? I mean, you heard it with Ben earlier today. You know, you know my yeah. purpose is to make great young men and women, get them to believe in themselves, get them to know that there's more to life than what they're seeing right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And, and get them to be disciplined. Yeah. Get them to be committed. Just raising them to, to a level where they're successful. That's, yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I'm about. Um, anybody that really, really knows me knows that I will do just about anything to help a kid get to that level. Sure. You know, um, you know, what breaks my heart is when kids don't get it yeah. and then they bad mouth the program. Mm. Um, you know, one of the compliments that I got one time, and some people would say, well, that's not a compliment there, Jeff. Um, but one of the people said to me one time, that's swimming. That's like a cult thing over there at Derry. <laughs> and I said, 
people could probably look at it that way. It might be a cult thing, but if Derry's swim program's a cult thing, so is Derry's volleyball thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So is Derry's wrestling thing. Those sure. are all cult things. What's a cult thing? Football's in a, in turning a, into one. Yes, it is. You know, yeah. And I think about it. What is a cult thing in a sport? It goes back to that cult following, that C word, culture. Mm-hmm. All those successful programs have established a culture that makes them successful. It's what they're teaching young men and women that makes them successful. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and I look at, at you know, uh, take Dawn Timko, who played volleyball at, at Derry. There's a fine young lady, right? She has become very successful. She's a teacher, which I think teachers are, are some of the greatest people in the world. Oh, wait, that's biased. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're allowed to think that. But yeah, yeah, sure. What'd she do? She went over to Indiana as a teacher, mm-hmm. and she tried to build a culture in yeah. their volleyball. You know, she was going to establish a program over there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that unfortunately Dawn ran into is all the negative people around the program. Yeah. And she's like, look, there's more energy vampires. Yeah. And what I can fend off. Yeah. You know, and when that happens, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? This is a hostile environment. This is a negative environment. And you have to remove yourself from it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but volleyball is that program, that cult, <laughs> is what got her to where she is yeah. and, and did a great thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you, you talk to John Flickinger and he tries to do baseball. the same thing with baseball. Yeah. You know, Coach Sweeney, he's, he's out to make great young men. Sure. The process of doing it is the sport. Mm. It is an extension of our classroom. And it's high school. And it needs to remain as a high school sport where it is an extension of the classroom. Teach lessons. And, and, you know, no offense to the media and the public, but they need to stay out of it, stay out of the politics of that. Mm -hmm. And there have been great coaches that have been fired because they don't win. Wins and losses in high school are truly, truly measured by the young men and women that come out of that program. And if left alone, and if allowed to grow, those great coaches will build that great culture. Yeah. But they have to be fostered. They have to be given the room. They have to be encouraged. They have to be surrounded, not by energy vampires, but by positive people, people that want to help for the right reasons. Right. And as soon as you get that, any program will take off. Dairy in five years went from a fledgling, here we are starting off a a ragtag group of of kids to competing for section titles. It was the first program in Derry's history to win four consecutive, and the the Benz team was was Mm -hmm. part of this, but they were the first group to win four consecutive section titles. Right? Hey, that's a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's a culture. Totally. It's a culture of winning and continued. And they they created a legacy that everybody else now has to try and measure up to. Who did it? Student athletes. Yeah. They're the ones that established that. They took in and they bought into that culture. Is that important to create a legacy even for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I tell kids mm-hmm. all that all the time. Sure. Right? Create a le- here, look, right here. I brought my uh, my key takeaways. 10 things. Number 10, leave a legacy. 
Exclamation <laughs> I point. I was looking at, no, I wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, if I went down through these, they're pretty much a lot of the things that we sure. talked about. You yeah. know, know what you want. Once you know what you want and you strive to get that, you know, and then you got to want it more than anyone else. You yeah. want to be a state winner? You've got to want that more than anyone else. You've got to be able to pay the dues yeah. to get it. And that's the thing that, that I think a lot of people have trouble with today is I want it, but I don't want to have to make the sacrifices Definitely. that are necessary to get it. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't just get it. Yeah, you don't Nobody just, just get it. Nobody just gives no it to No one hands you. it to you. Yeah. No, you've got to work for it. You've got to make them, you know, oh, geez, I could go to Dino's and eat, you know, like 25 wings tonight. All right, which is great. I love Dino's. Mm, it is very good. Yeah. I can recognize the night. fact that uh, 25 wings is not the best training food for me right mm -hmm. now. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to have to wait and put that off. Um, strive to improve. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, Joe Paterno, you either get better or you get worse. Don't stay the same. So, yeah. you know, you got to strive to improve. Do the ordinary things extraordinarily well. Yeah. Take care of the little things. The big things take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Do what you do day in, day out better than anyone else. That's one of the things that'll make you great. Zoom your focus. Talked about the telescope. Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's the big picture. This is what we're going to put together. This is what we're going to do. Now I've got to zoom that in and I've got to take care of all those little parts that make up that big picture. Mm -hmm. Get it put together. Um, mentally stronger than anyone else. Yeah. It's real easy to listen to negativity. And it's real easy, you know, Ian Laverty took you in. Ian could have turned around just as well and he could have broken you down and made you feel really, yeah. really crappy about yourself. Didn't yeah. do anything to improve you. Um, you know, hey man, your pool sucks and yeah, good luck with that. You're just, you're not going to amount to anything. And if yeah. you keep hearing over and over again, sure. you're not going to amount to anything, guess what? You're not going to amount to anything because yeah. now what do you believe? You're, you're not going to amount to anything. Yeah. yeah, you're worthless. Definitely. You know, so you got to be mentally stronger than anybody else. And you or have to. Or even when adversity hits. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there are things that are going to set you back. Kelsey had a shoulder injury, had sure. to have surgery. Very easy. She could have quit. Mm -hmm. Nah, she finished out strong her senior year. She is awesome. She is one of the, the, the best swimmers I've ever had because of that mental toughness. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, again, Went back to what I said. She's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's going to be great. I know she wants to go to med school and she wants to get into research. Med school is very, very. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have to go through everything whenever you're going through med yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. But she's she's going to be great. Um, you have to overcome your fears, and the other thing is you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to. Um, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, you know, I'm afraid of German shepherds. I was attacked as a kid. Yeah, scared to death of German shepherds. And big dogs in general. Yeah. You know, and I had a young lady on our team whose father is a, a canine police officer. And I didn't want to go down to their room because yeah. I knew that Thor was there. Thor. One of the things that I, yeah, right? <laughs> One of the things I had to do was get over that fear. Yeah. And, and Tony was was very helpful at that. You know, Danielle Jellison, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, is who I'm talking about. And Danielle is, is currently Clarion? swimming at Clarion. Clarion yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. My alma mater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great school, right? It yeah. is a great school. Yeah. So um, seize the moment. Yeah. You got to seize the moment. Um, you know, this year, uh, Derry opened up a position for dean of students. Now, you've heard me say repeatedly, I love the classroom. Yeah. But I also went back to school and got my principal papers. And I got my principal papers for the reason that how do you touch more lives 
you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. Yeah. Right. Broadening the scope. So, exactly. Yeah. So got my principal papers. I've sat on them. I haven't really, you know, I've, I've tried to do some things at dairy, but they open up a position for Dean of students. What does that mean? Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You're really good at hitting, you know, 25, 30 kids in a classroom. Yeah. What happens with your, when you're faced with an entire school? And in this case, it's six to 12. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with students then? You know, this was an opportunity for me to seize the moment and try to do more than just what I do in the swimming pool or mm -hmm. in the classroom. Right, right. So you got to take those opportunities. Why not, right? You know, you're going to look at some of those things. You're going to be like, ooh, I don't know, man. This is. Yeah, sure. You know? But yeah. you know what? Yeah. Grab it. Yeah. Grab it. You know, um, I believe in tapping into a greater power. You know, you heard me sure. say about, you know, walking the dog and praying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I believe in God. I'm, I'm a Christian sure. and, and I don't, um, I don't take that lightly. Yeah. I'm not a zealot. I'm not out preaching on the corner. I'm not trying to convert everybody. But if somebody asks me, you can bet I'm going to tell them, look, I've been successful for these reasons. Sure. And God's one of them, mm. you know? Yeah. So sometimes that higher power that smarter coach yeah it's that person that you're going to gain experience from you know my dad god bless him um he taught me a lot of lessons you know um, he had he had wonderful sayings and one of them was anybody makes a mistake only a fool makes the same mistake twice mm. yeah so one day i was like okay dad what are you saying and he said to me he says what i'm telling you son is learn from other people's experiences yeah Watch what happens to them. Now, it just so happens that I've known people that were involved with drugs. Yeah. I watched their life. And I went, yeah, that's not a life I want. Sure. Yeah. That's a really good reason. Yeah, everybody talks about, oh, getting high is so great. And these guys were all into it. Yeah, why was it so great? Because you forgot about everything else, including doing anything with your yeah. life. Yeah. So when they ended up hitting rock bottom and pulled themselves up, you know, yeah, I was already ahead of them because I had, whoops, sorry about That's that. That's all good. <laughs> no, you're um, good. It's not for me. So <laughs> actually it is. It's a text message about who knows what. But um, one of my former swimmers, Andrew oh, Downey, right? He'd be listening, but this isn't live. So, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I tried. Um, that, that's a story in and of itself right there. That. That's a, I he a went great to States too. Yes, he yeah. did. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. That's a great this story. Last year, that too. is a good story. Um, yeah. Name me a swimmer. There's a great story behind it. Right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. So, but going back to, to tapping into that greater yeah, power, yeah. sometimes it, it's, you know, a mentor at work. It's um, somebody, you know, like for me, it was Tony Perla in the classroom. Sure. I watched Tony teach. I, I, I took everything I could from Tony. Your running mate. Absolutely. Your Why running. do you think he's my running That's mate? That's right. He's smarter than I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> are you the president or is he? We're going to be co-presidents. Co okay. Yeah. Tony's <laughs> going to put me out front though, because if somebody's going to assassinate me, you know, <laughs> he's going to put you. Hey, in. Kelly, don't hit me. <laughs> so I say that in jest. Please don't anybody assassinate me. I love life. Please don't. No, so, no. But, um, you know, you, you find I dive that. In front. Can we be secret service? So, well, you got to go through a lot of training for that. Um, there's a YouTube video of secret service driver. And he has to drive the presidential limousine backwards on a race course. I get to drive a limo. At top speed. Seriously. In reverse, yeah. We could it's do on that. Facebook today. Um, but, I'm checking that out later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, actually, one of the guys that I swam with, Greg Corsi. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. 
We'll Greg, edit it Greg, out. <laughs> Greg, might be, Greg might be retired by now, but he was in the Secret Service. And he said, yeah, you go through a poop load of, of training. Yeah. Mm. So can I, you do it? Absolutely, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know? Uh, fill out your application. Get your training. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, let you, good, I'd let you cover <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, there we go. You know, I'd bring you aboard. We're in, Ben. So... But, awesome. um, but yeah, into finding, power, yeah. finding great coaches, finding great mentors, people who are experienced and knowledgeable and it can teach you. It's a higher power. Learn from them. Sure. Mm. Um, make everyone around you better. And that's kind of like what we've been talking about today with the positivity. You know, sure. if you're positive, you'll bring people around you. They're going to be positive when Definitely. you get a positive team. You know, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. What Steve did Jobs. he do? Right, ran Apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The company fired him. <laughs> yeah, started to fail. Yeah, who did they bring back? Steve Jobs. Yeah, why? Well, because Steve and Steve started in their garage. Yeah, and they believed that they could make something, and they could make something very unique and different, and they did. <clears throat> and then as that company grew, what did they do? They got everybody else to believe in them. Yeah, and they made everyone around them better. I want this new Apple product out by July 31st. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Steve, there's no way we can meet that deadline. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. And he would take them through and he would he would make them realize that there's no reason why they can't. Sure. Hmm. You know? Yeah. The first thing anybody wants to say is, oh, I don't know about that. And in reality, what we need to say is, oh, this is a challenge I right, can get right. into, mm-hmm. you know, and, and take on that challenge. And, and that's what Steve was able to do with Apple, was get people to buy in and, and to believe that they could do the impossible, right? Yeah. You know, or I shouldn't say impossible, the improbable, sure. meeting those deadlines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you've got to get people to buy into you. And, and, you know, you do that by making everyone around you better. Yeah. Oh, this swim program sucks. Oh, really? Well, here's a kid. His name's John Ebert. He walked into the pool and said, I'm going to swim. We threw him in a lane. He almost drowned. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hey, this is a true story. Yeah. I grabbed the rescue tube, ran around the <clears throat> pool to lane six where John was swimming, and he's fighting to keep his head above water. Yeah. Now, when you do that, you use both hands and you pull back to get your head higher. That is the beginning of breaststroke. Oh, yeah. So somewhere along the line, John says to me, after he learned how to swim, (laughs) John says to me, do you think I can make whippules in breaststroke? Why not? Well, I have this habit of answering questions with a question. So my question to John was, do you believe? Yeah that you can make whippules and breaststroke. He says, I really think I can. Yeah. I said, then do it. (laughs) And he did it. Sure. Right. And his mother told him and she said, now, Jonathan, your father and I have to go to San Francisco for business. Do not qualify for whips while we're gone. (laughs) What What do you think John did? (laughs) <laughs> he qualified for whips. Of course he did. You know, we swam at Burl. John qualifies for whips. We're sitting at, at uh, I think we stopped at a Wendy's to get something yeah, to eat. Yeah. And I called his mom and handed John the phone. Yeah. And John is a wonderful young man. Um, and he's like, Mom, <laughs> I qualify. You know, very soft spoken. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, what? You know, but by the time, John's goal was then to qualify for states. Yeah. By his senior year, 
the kid that almost drowned went to states and breaststroke. That's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. All right? So your swim program sucks. Really? Take a look at this young man. When people start to see that kind of success, they begin to believe that by joining the swim team, they can get better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what happens? You continue to keep that culture going. Sure. Because you're making people around you better. And, and, you know, there again, being positive, bringing out the positives in life, teaching those lessons. You know, how do I become a successful businessman? You bring in people that are going to, that you can make better. Yeah. And as they get better, you get better, the company gets better. It just grows. Uh, one of the things that, that Mike Smith and John Gordon talk about in, in the one book, um, You Win in the Locker Room First, is the title of the book. Get it. Okay. Right there along with energy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can give you a whole list. I should you have should, brought actually. I got a stack <laughs> like this. But, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, just start, look up John Gordon online and, and start taking a look at his stuff. He is one of the most positive people. Um, my wife heard him speak. Okay. And so for, her, I think it was our anniversary, she bought me his book, Training yeah. Camp. What the best do better than anyone else. It's a mm. fable, but it's a great fable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I read it, and then I went back and read The Energy Bus. Then I read um, You Win in the Locker Room First with with John and Mike Smith. I'm currently reading um, Positive Leadership yeah. by John Gordon. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, you want positive, look him up. Okay, sure. So, we'll where deal. was I? I lost my, my train of thought all of a sudden talking about John. Oh, uh, no, that wasn't it. That was somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Where were we? <laughs> talking about John Ebert and, and yeah, right. businesses. Oh, they talk yes. about take care of the root. Not the fruit. Yeah. Take care of the root. And, you know, my, my mm. father was in agriculture. Mm. And um, he, was, he worked for Penn State University. Thus the reason why, one of the reasons why I went to Penn State. Sure. Um, I drank from the well early. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember walking around Beaver Stadium when it had a track. Just, wow. You know, yeah. and a snow fence separated you from the players yeah. and the coaches. Mm -hmm. And I can remember hearing Joe Paterno yelling at the, the players, you know, this is what you got to do and you need to focus on this. And so, you know, my, my early love for, for Joe Paterno's coaching style came that way. But dad right. working in agriculture, his job was basically to take research from the universities and the land grant colleges and all the ag schools to the farmers so that they could improve their yield. Yeah. And one of the things that as I got older, I realized they never ever talked about the number of ears of corn on a stalk. They never talked about how much wheat came off the shaft. Hmm. They always talked about the soil, the plant strength, its resistance to disease. Right. Right. They were taking care of the root. And the root mm. is what creates the fruit. Right. Mm. That's the fruit true. does not create the root. So, you know, you can cultivate that, that fruit tree, get a lot of fruit, but if you don't take care of that root and that root rots, what are you going to get the next year? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to take care of the root. Mike Smith, one of the problems, why did he not win the last two seasons? He didn't take care of the root. Yeah. He was focused on the fruit. Yeah, true. So his last two seasons with the Atlanta Falcons were horrendous. Mm. 
He had the talent. You know, Matt Ryan's still there. Still a good quarterback. Yeah. So, but you've, you've got to do those things. And, and the final thing on my list here, my top 10, if you will. Top 10. Is <clears throat> leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. I told it to you when you swam for me. Yeah. I tell it to everyone that comes through the door. You have to strive to leave a legacy. How will you be remembered? Hmm. When we think of people in this world, we remember the extremely good and the extremely bad. Yeah. Because they have left a legacy. If I mention Ted Bundy, everybody knows who that is. If I mention John Kennedy, everybody knows who that is. If I mention Neil Armstrong, Mm -hmm. the astronaut. If I mention John Glenn. But if I mention... I can't think of a name. Why not? Because I can only remember those who have left legacy. Didn't leave a legacy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. left a legacy. Barack Obama left a legacy. Donald Trump will leave a legacy. Every one of them, Ron Reagan. Sure. Lee Harvey Oswald. Is Jack that, Ruby. Is that They're for all people? Yeah. Well, I guess is that the same for for us at the table too? To you know, and, and everybody listening that you know they have the same ability to leave a legacy, whether we're absolutely in, watching this or you know listening to this or um, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a president or if you're listening to this, you have the ability to leave that legacy. Absolutely. And and you know, the people that I mentioned were people that everybody knows. They're pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but are there legacies here in Derry? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, if I say Brock Smith, anybody in Derry who has gone through Derry knows who Brock Smith is. Very volleyball. Yeah. Very volleyball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Coach Shaw. Yeah. You know, Rich Shaw. Everybody knows Rick. Bucky Hall. Bucky <laughs> Hall. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. You know, um, you go down, you know, Flick. You don't even have, there's somebody that's got one name. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. We know him as Flick. John, John Flickinger, Flickinger, yeah, you know, but he has left a legacy with baseball, IUP baseball, um, and yeah. and dairy baseball yeah. too. Obviously. And go back before that, Norm Bassiano, sure, you know, Ned well, Cicchini, son, son Matt just won the the state title exactly. last year, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, you know, and yeah. now you have a new legacy started. Where did it start? It started with Dad, Norm, is start who yeah. started the program, yeah, right, right. And so now Matt has built on that legacy, but it's his own legacy he's leaving. Sure, you know. Um, and that's that's what we've got to do. That's what we we have to strive to do is to leave that legacy, whether it's just here in Derry, or whether it's nationwide. Right. You know, um, I always laughed at my daughter Diana. We were at uh, Master Rocco's, and uh, I was going through trying to get a few groceries, and and I kept running into people that you know would say hi and yeah, take a yeah, moment yeah. to talk. And I mean, come on, it's dairy, right? Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. And it's, <laughs> you know, that's why I always say, hey guys, be careful what you're doing out there because this is May Dairy. Everybody will know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so we came out of the store and the last person I saw was a, a person who left a legacy, Chuck Smith. And um, my daughter says to me, wow, dad, you're world famous in dairy. You know, <laughs> the mayor, and, mayor and, of the town. You know, that's, but that's that legacy. Yeah. 
Or just right. being nice to, you know, being nice and... But you leave. Yeah, yeah, sure. You leave a legacy. Everybody knows you. Everybody that talked to me that day seemed to talk about school and swimming. And swimming ended up being a big part of my daughter's life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, up until last year, she was still coaching. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my other daughter loved the social scene of swimming, hated the practice scene of social sw- <laughs> uh, yeah, of swimming, yeah. but... Very, very knowledgeable. And if she ever decides that, you know, she wants to speak up louder and be heard, yeah, she also has that that talent, that ability to see what's going on and she could be like her sister, she could be a good coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, like where you you never thought you would coach either until no. you know, into going in with the business degree and yeah. And you were like, Yeah, I never thought I'd where... be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I had the dean of students. Yeah, yeah, that just means that I'm going to have a whole lot of people that don't like me. <laughs> oh, that's the guy that disciplined me. He gave me detention. So, um, and really, I hope to change that uh, so that people see Dean of Students as, oh, that's the guy that helped me. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. It, it, unfortunately, with teaching, a lot of times it's not until after they're gone. Yeah. You know, we plant <clears throat> seeds that we never get to see to fruition. Yeah, yeah, right. And so hopefully, you know, I'll have that that kid that comes back to me when I'm in Walmart and says, "Do you remember me?" Yeah. You know, um what's his name and and you stopped me in a hall from doing something stupid one day and you, right. you talked to me and you left me a lesson that has lasted my entire life and you know, oh yeah, by the way, I'm now the emergency room doc over at Latrobe and Sure. Gonna, yeah. That'll make me feel good. You yeah. Know, yeah. That they did that or, you know, oh yeah, now I'm working for waste management. I'm like, you know, the head garbage man. Right. Sure. You know, you helped me somehow. And, and again, you know, it doesn't matter what the job is. Do it to the absolute best of your ability. Do it better than anyone else. Help somebody every day. Every day, strive to make somebody else's life better. You'll make your own better in the process. That's great, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's been a pleasure having you on. So it has been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's always great running into you guys. I always look forward to the start of football season. Totally. (laughs) Get up there in the booth and and get to to chatting. We have a fun time. So it is a good a time. time and and, uh, Jeff is the uh, is the voice of dairy dairy football on the on the loudspeaker. One of the voices, uh, you and Dave. So it's a, it's always a fun time. It, it's a fun group we have up there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's like uh, it's Monday night football times ten up there. For yeah, us. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's better than Monday night football. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. we have, we have a lot of fun up there. It's it's always it's always a good time to go over and and I mean I go to wherever my, my sports editor you know, sends me, but you know, always look forward. It's just a fun group. It's a fun group. That, Good guys. Have up there. Tony sure. Perla, Dave McCleary. Sure. You know, they make Flick's it happen. Up there. Flick is up there. He's on with uh, yeah. Westmoreland uh, sports. Mark Curcio's up there. Uh, Curcio's up there running yeah. the time clock and, and just, you know, you get so many minds and then people seeing all kinds of different things. And then the camaraderie. Definitely. You know, like, oh man, the fun did, time. did anybody see who made that tackle? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> nobody got it. Oh, it was Turf Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, sure. you know, you, you make things up uh, when we can't find it. And, yeah. you know, when they get tackled by a 
the entire football team, you know, a plethora of Trojans. Yeah, right. start, you know, we just, <laughs> and then we start looking for work. It just, right. um, you know, everybody pitches in. If somebody doesn't catch something, somebody else caught it and they'll throw it our way to make sure, sure that we, we get the kids the recognition they deserve. Definitely. That's what so, it's all about. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Love it. Love it too, man. Well, thanks again for being on. Yeah, thank you. I feel well, energized. Yeah, thank right. you. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate, appreciate having yeah. the opportunity. I, I you know, hope our, our listeners get something out of this. Absolutely. Your listeners. Yes. Definitely. Not, you know, I can be your listeners, listeners too. too. Yeah, so, yeah but, too. Uh, but I greatly appreciate it. Thanks very yeah. much, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, listeners. And we hope that we've encouraged you to dream loud. Have a good one. <laughs>